0: Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist, I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. end of year. You made it. We all, we're here. We are, we are still alive and probably still single and and that's okay. I am Jeanette, of course, your host. Thank you for tuning in. I guess, as they say, I don't know. That's that's so old-fashioned. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, whatever it is. So I just want to acknowledge. You know, we only had one episode last month because of a last-minute guest cancellation. So I apologize for those of you who clicked on this episode looking for a new one-on-one convo. But to make up for it, I've got a killer guest expert for December for you. And I am working on lining up some more one-on-ones as we speak. Side note, small PSA. Uh, I'm gonna get real with y'all. I have lots of badass single women who want to come on the podcast, talk about their single experience, but they do not have any single male friends to come on with them. It's so crazy. Um, I know they are out there. Uh, where are they? So I'm about to start bringing on like past dates on the podcast again, just to get some VOPs up in here. I'm probably not, but uh, I might. But seriously, if you're single, if you wanna be on the podcast, or if you know someone that might be interested in coming on male or female, but mm, definitely asking for some guys here, Please reach out to me. You can always reach out via our socials at hashtag single podcast on Facebook and at hashtag singlepod on Instagram. And um, I don't really use Twitter or TikTok. So those are your those are your options. All right. Uh PSA over. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled program. This month I have Lily Walford, a relationship and dating coach, and oh so much more. Lily, welcome to hashtag single.
1: Thank you for having me. I am so uh, freaking excited for this conversation today. I am, I am too. We're going to get into it. Where, where, tell me where you are right now. You're based out of the UK, right? Yeah. So we're based in, not in London, because as soon as anyone says um It's the only place <laughs> UK, in the entire yes. country. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm in a place called Herefordshire. So it's kind of in the middle of um, the UK and um, close to Wales. Do you always
0: have to explain geography to Americans? Yeah, and the
1: worst thing is, is like my geography is the worst, so I'm probably the worst person trying to describe where I actually live.
0: I feel like, well, and I don't have to because I'm New York City. We're so egocentric about that. But I understand. I mean, there's parts of America I have no idea where it is. You're like Oklahoma's like uh, in the middle. You know, between the five states in the middle, right? You know, somewhere there. Where are you in Oklahoma? Like, sort of in the At the 11 o'clock or like the 3 o'clock? Um, Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to to share this story because it's so dumb because it's nine in the morning here in the East Coast on a Saturday. This is my Saturday morning coffee chat with Lily. And she had sent me her availability. It started at 5.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, girl, what the hell? First of all, I was so impressed. I was like, this woman gets up at five o'clock in the morning. She does her yoga. She meditates. She does her podcast. She is out and ready the door. And then I realized she's like totally in a different time zone and I'm the idiot that was like uh I appreciate your availability starting at 5:30, but that's a little early for me you know <laughs> so what a dummy uh <laughs>
1: yeah I'm definitely not a morning person I'm definitely like coffee nine o'clock that's okay with me <laughs> not for nothing I was thinking about I did have
0: like a 7 a.m podcast guest because we were trying to do uh, we just said schedule craziness and it was of course like a. Uh, here and um and she got up at seven in the morning did a podcast interview i know i was like i would never
1: yeah
0: yeah um cool so i have of course a little bio i will read it to start us off and then we will dive right in lily is an international relationship and dating coach who founded not one, but two companies at the exact same time, NLP with Intelligence, which I had to look up, stands for Neurolinguistic Linguistic Programming, and Love with Intelligence, a company that offers coaching classes and mentoring for those that struggle, as we all do, with dating. Trained as a behavioral profiler, NLP trainer, hypnotherapist, coach, and public speaker, she partnered with Chase Hughes, a military and intelligence behavior expert with 20 years of experience in order to understand relationships from a behavioral standpoint. Lily and her company have contributed for and been mentioned in national and international press, such as The Guardian, Marie Claire, and Cosmopolitan, what a freaking bio. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so fascinated by this entire realm of study. Talk to me about how you got started studying behavioral science.
1: Oh, gosh. So where on earth do I begin? I basically had the worst relationship um, track history ever on the earth. So I ended up dating a psychopathic narcissist That was one of my first proper relationships Yeah, I I, uh, jumped straight into that one Um, uh, So basically we were together for just under three years And had been cheated on There was a lot of um, gaslighting, narcissistic abuse And then I was stalked for five years after that relationship Holy shit Yeah, yeah, it was like pretty insane And, uh, you know After that relationship, I went into other relationships and there was just this weird pattern going on. It was either guys who weren't emotionally available or guys who weren't willing to commit or you get the ghosters and all these different things. And I kind of hit this point where I thought I had it all figured out. Entered a relationship Um, uh, We were together for a couple of years had you know amazing house two brand new Mercedes on the drive great jobs And we're like planning the future, you know, we were in that kind of place and All of a sudden I got this text saying we need to talk and Literally within a week that weekend. It was like cool. I need to leave this relationship Leave this house leave this city leave this job and I decided to totally change my whole life yeah. and uh but it was it was amazing so it's kind of like this place where I thought that I had everything I thought I had it all and I knew that if I wanted to leave this kind of life that I needed to make sure that I was leaving it for something better yeah. and it got me wanting to sort of explore relationships even more and explore myself even more and I think it was within one year <laughs> whilst I was also working full-time I was an, I was a uh, Divisional accountant back then for um, an international company. Oh my god! And, okay, yeah, so totally. Now, what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, sorry to interrupt. I know, right? And um, you know, basically, yeah, was working full time. I decided within one year to become an NLP practitioner, master practitioner, hypnotherapist, life coach, like all these different things. And I got to the end of the year, and it made me realise that it wasn't enough. It was like, yeah, okay, I can have the, the all the best um, self-confidence in the world. I could have the amazing self-worth. Um, I, You know, I could have all these different things, but it didn't mean that I wouldn't stop attracting bad personality types. It's almost mm. like, okay, you could, you could be a sheep and have fantastic self-confidence. If a wolf came along, it's not going to go, well, I'm not going to eat that sheep. It's going to go, I'm a wolf. This is what I do. Yeah. And it, it basically, I went out in the dating world thinking, okay, I've got all this amazing self-confidence, all this amazing self-worth. And I was chatting to this guy, and you know, when you kind of get that vibe, um, you know, chatting online on this dating app and you get that vibe where it's like, yeah, this isn't right.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's like, okay, cool. I'm glad I've exchanged a couple of messages with you. Um, you know, good night. <laughs> Great speaking with you. Let's leave it there kind of thing. Yeah. And the next day, he dropped me a message, I thought, okay, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, it's no point leading him on, it's not fair. I kind of made my point, you know, the previous day. And the following day after that, from just my name and my profile picture, he had managed to find out where I lived and sent me over um, a dozen pink roses. Oh my God! Right, <laughs> right.
0: and Holy crap! Um,
1: yeah, and it, of course I've been stalked before. I kind of knew what all this stuff was, and it made me laugh because um, I you know rang my mum and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got these, you know, this guy only had my name, he only had my profile picture for my dating profile, and he sent me these roses. And my mom, my mum's got a like the biggest heart of gold ever. She thought it was super sweet. Yeah, she turned around and said, oh yeah, when are you meeting him? And I'm like, huh? You're like, mom, it's a giant red flag. She's like, it's so romantic. (laughs) Yes. And this is the thing though. It's like um, when you have a look at the laws of influence, one of the things that you can do in order to influence someone is give someone this grandiose gift. And it makes people feel the need to be able to give back. So a lot of people would actually fall into that thing of like, okay, I've got to go on a date with this person now. They've sent me these roses. Luckily, I didn't do that. And at the time, um, I had a friend who was a trainer for Chase Hughes. And straight away reached out to him. And I was like, look, this has just gone down. What do I do? So I sent all the the screenshots over, the, the t- t- dating profiles. Oh, probals. you were looking to be
0: coached on it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. And um, uh, my friend actually forwarded it all over to Chase. And he came back to um, came back to me and sort of said, like, okay, you need to do this, 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 this. And it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And within a few messages, this guy just suddenly didn't want to contact me anymore. He didn't want to pursue me anymore. And it was amazing seeing that or feeling that disconnect. Because with those kind of people, the worst thing you can do is block them, tell them off, or do anything to to set them off. Because obviously they know where you live. um, uh, And also if you block them, it creates a game. You know, it's almost like, okay, I can't contact you through this way, but I can do it through your friend, or I can do it through your Facebook profile, or I can do it through, do you know what I mean? You can do it all in these different ways. So, with those personality types, there's a different way to disengage. And when I saw how easy it was to do that in a way that wasn't, you know, rude or offensive or abrupt, Um, It was like, okay, I need to learn how to do this. So number one, that I can stay safe. And number two, the women that I coach, they can stay safe too.
0: What was the basic gist of it? Because I'm so curious.
1: Yeah, um, basic gist. So it's all different to different people, but it's making yourself really unattractive. Oh, okay. That makes yeah.
0: sense. <laughs> I mean, it literally, you're like, just you have to convince this person they actually don't want you. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, and, that, and that's it. Because all of a sudden, if, if you're not the... It's a bit like with, with uh, most women, we, when we meet someone that we really like, we don't fall in love with the person, we fall in love with the potential. Yeah. So if we're suddenly damaging or, or um, you know, destroying the, the look of that potential, then uh, there's no no reason to pursue it we basically said okay that's not happening
0: and what did you say to this guy to make yourself unattractive
1: <laughs> I'm so I, I, I would love to disclose that but the best i can say is Damn M. M. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no here's my question actually
0: i'll just tell you what my what's in my brain did uh-huh. you start talking about getting married like immediately
1: no okay. no So, um, yeah, that probably would have spurred him on. He'd love that. If you think about a narcissist in general, because this guy was Mm. highly narcissistic, it's this thing of love bombing. And it's like, if you massage their egos in that kind of way, they're like, yes, okay, I've got you.
0: (laughs) Damn, girl, you had been in it with a couple of... Right?
1: (laughs) But the the amazing thing is, when I went on to go ahead and um, train with with Chase after the first training session I did with him. Number one, we have then partnered up in business, which is freaking amazing. Um, and number two, I ended up in a long-term relationship only three weeks after the course. So
0: Not with then, Chase.
1: Right, no, no. Okay, <laughs> he's I was like, married, oh, he's no, <laughs> oh
0: my God, this story. Okay,
1: thank God. Um, no, funnily enough, it was this trainer that I actually reached out to. That's the person I ended up in a relationship with. Are you still dating that person? We're still together. We live in a lovely barn conversion in the country with our little puppy Darcy. (laughs) That's so cute. Oh my god.
0: I know. That's so and and wait, hold on. Like how much does he like love slash hate that you have expertise around psychological behavior?
1: The beauty is he does too. So we are both. Oh wait, he's a trainer, you said. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you guys.
0: I feel like I should write like an entire series about you guys. Like this would be fascinating. <laughs> just the language of this match between you would be right, fascinating. It's, it's to
1: like 3-day chess basically when we, when we <laughs> communicate. I just imagine you're like
0: in this massive fight and then one of you says something really beautiful and poignant and you're like you did yes. that really well actually. Congratulations. I love you. You're so hot. You know. <laughs> oh my god, baby, that was so good. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> oh, so tell me, tell me about your decision to found not one, but two companies simultaneously with two different partners.
1: Yeah. So with these businesses, one of my main drivers is being able to support people to connect. And when we talk about connection, it's not just connecting with a partner. It's this level of connection that we have with ourselves. And when we think about relationships, we can only connect with people as deeply as we are connected to ourselves in the first place. So being able to help people to harness that in a powerful way will improve things like connection, intimacy, and just overall happiness. And that's, yes, yeah, super important with what I do. So with um, NLP with intelligence, I train people to become NLP master practitioners. So um, basically, so they're able to go ahead and train other people and coach other people to be able to find themselves and improve their life. So
0: give us a little science lesson here, like a little mini Ted talk, because I know nothing <laughs> about this arena and, you know, I don't want to be the, that person at the cocktail party that just nods and says, that's so interesting. Like, I'm just going to admit defeat here and say, like I, this is, I'm, I, like I said, I had to Google what NLP was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, talk to me, talk to me about what this uh, arena of psychology or, or behavioral science is and or if it differs from behavioral profiling.
1: Yeah, they're two different things. Um, But NLP is hilarious when you try and look it up because it's like you'll never find one coherent and consistent description of what it is. Oh, wow. (laughs) So one of the best ways that I like to describe it is it's the way that we communicate to our subconscious mind. Mm. And the way that we do this is... In ways of things like symbols and colors and sensations it can also do and it's it's basically yeah being just being able to communicate to the subconscious part of the mind just because that's where we make the change it's a little bit like um, a horse and a rider the horse is like super super strong it's going to go ahead and do what it wants and that's the subconscious mind and the rider is the conscious mind that steers the horse So when we have things like, um, you know, let's say someone's gone through a breakup and we turn around to them and say, "I'll just get over them already. Their conscious mind is going to go, no, (laughs) I want to, but I can't do it. And the subconscious mind is going to really focus on that even more because we've brought it to the forefront. Mm. But if we're able to communicate to the subconscious mind, we can release it in that place. So all of a sudden it becomes easy for the conscious mind to be able to let that go.
0: This is such a terrible analogy, but I'll just say it because it's the first thing that came to mind. There's so much time and money and energy put into designing stores so that when mm-hmm. you go in like with retail you know whether to take a right or a left or the color palette makes you feel calm or how like mcdonald's decided that their booth should be orange because it yes. makes people hungry like all that is so fascinating to me <laughs> and i love the idea of applying it to dating i have no idea how but maybe you do <laughs> <laughs> Hell does this stuff relate to dating? How do you use these yeah. practices and principles like with your clients?
1: So with the NLP, I find this super important when it comes to healing. So a lot of people that come to me have either gone through, you know, narcissistic abusive relationships or relationships where it's just been really unhealthy and there's that level of trying to get over that breakup and mm-hmm. also breaking down that dating pattern. Because often we find, you know, when we go into the dating pool, we date the same person again, again, again. (laughs) Just that, you know, it's the same personality, but different, you know, different person. Mm. And it's breaking down that and understanding that. So uh, that's what I use the NLP for. The behavioral profiling and the body language. So behavioral profiling, you're able to profile someone within six minutes or less. And what this means is that we're able to identify someone's um, dreams and fears. And what that does is it helps us to understand their behavior and whether there's someone who's right um, to be with on a compatibility forefront. And And then the body language, we're able to read that to the point where we can see if someone's telling the truth or not better than a polygraph machine. And that's what we share with our clients. And the importance of this is not to go and look for the deceit and look for the dishonesty. It's more about looking for the truth, being able to build a relationship on the truth because that's where people struggle. They feel like they've had trust broken. They feel like they've been betrayed and that can cause a lot of issues in relationships and connection. But also, with when we understand body language, it's almost like, going from a text message to being able to hear someone's voice on a call to being able to see someone in person and body language is almost like the next version up it's almost like seeing that person in HD where you're able to connect at that deeper level
0: this is this is fascinating i feel like there's like a key to dating that you know and like you can unlock this world that so many of us are struggling with i i'm just so curious like why Listen, I've been doing this podcast for three years. It's certainly not a, like, full, expansive understanding of all kinds of relationship coaches and methodologies, but I this is the first time, as you know, I had to Google what that three-letter acronym stood for. Like, why do you feel this approach was missing from the field of relationship, dating, and coaching before you guys created this company? I'm, I'm sure people have studied it before, but why have I never heard of this approach?
1: Yeah, because most people are... This sounds so awful. Most people are focused on the superficial part, like say these 10 things to make them fall in love with you. And uh, they're focused on, you know, being able to do the steps and, and follow the rule book to be able to to get the relationship that they want. And it's all that all the focus is this external part. Mm. rather than going okay what's the dating pattern what are you actually following because the reason you're chasing love in a certain way usually results back to childhood and deep issues there okay and that's really important to understand because when we're a child we are taught and uh, we're taught about who we are as our identity and we're also taught how we give and receive love And that literally doesn't just influence our relationships, it also influences our jobs, it influences our friendships, it influences every single part of our life, even down to how successful we are. Yeah, it's pretty deep. And it's like being able to understand that part, and then when you understand that, and you understand the core principles of who you are, you can then understand who is compatible with you. And I feel like with dating, there's this element of, okay, you just need to be able to go on a date, do these steps, and then you live happily ever after. It's not that at all. Sometimes it's the fact that you've been with someone that's just not right for you. You just you, you don't prioritize similar things. Like when I talk about a um, compatibility matrix, so I, can, I make all my clients go through a compatibility matrix um, so they know who they're looking for. Uh, and who's right for them. And as a result of this, um, uh, the majority of our clients meet the one and we've also got programs with a meet the one guarantee um, uh, because we're so confident in this approach, it just works. But when we have a look at the compatibility matrix, what this does is it's almost like saying we're gonna go on a journey, okay? You're gonna pick someone to go on a journey with. You want to make sure that you're picking the same postcode or zip code. You know, you want to make sure that you're going to the same location. So do you want similar things, you know, as a couple? Do you want um, the things that you can go ahead, to, that you can do together as an individual as well? So, for example, if you wanted to go and move countries and your partner didn't want to do that, then you're in this place where you want to compromise. And that's the worst thing that you can do in a relationship. I hate the word compromise in a relationship, mm. but I'll kind of... <laughs> i'll kind of touch on that in a moment but it's almost like okay you're going in the same direction you want to make sure that you're almost going in the same vehicle as well and that that's what i kind of refer to as lifestyle like do you have a similar lifestyle together because if you're doing completely different things or wanting different things it's not going to feel good um also what are your beliefs and values and i kind of um refer this as your rule book the way that you um, that you carry out life. What's your rules when it comes to life? And that's almost very similar to listening to the same music. So there's all these different things that, need to, that you need to consider before even getting into a relationship with someone. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a place where you have to compromise and you're going to end up feeling resentful or isolated or unfulfilled. And that's the worst possible place. And often when people hit that place, they feel... They feel like it's their fault. They feel like there's something wrong with them rather than actually there's some sort of issue within the relationship itself that needs either fixing or, um, uh, you know, you're just with the wrong person and that's okay.
0: I love the the pictures and the analogies that you put together, like the horse and the rider and the car. <laughs> like it starts to actually just make a lot more sense. Like I'm sitting over here nodding. I think it's everything you say is so spot on. It's so fascinating to me because like one of my issues with dating is that um, I don't, I love meeting new people Mm -hmm. and I don't have trouble on dates. Like I always um, ha- have a good time. I always make sure that I have a good time. I love talking to people. You know, I bring a sense of joy, but I walk away being like, mm, that wasn't right for me. This is happening over and over and over again. Like it is with the yes. constant feedback I give my friends. So it's, it's occurred to me, I was like, you know, yeah, dating is not just about like going on these continual meetings to see if one person will gel with you more than the last person. I think my issue is a compatibility issue. Like I think subconsciously, whether I or not I can put it into real words, um, there there is something I'm looking for that is intangible, which would be working on a subconscious level that I can't explain to people. So when people are like, mm. I understand, you're having a great time, what's the problem? Give them another chance. Or when these guys are like, let's go on another date and they don't understand where I'm like, mm, I don't, <laughs> I'm good. It's ringing so many bells. It's just vibrating with me so much. I just wanted to say that with you.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I think the other thing from what you've shared and this is really important as well, is that you haven't met your equal.
0: I really feel that like deep down in my bones when you talk about value system and lifestyle and like, Mm. yeah, no, I have one of my questions. So I was going to comment on this earlier when we were talking about like behavior, because I do think there's a lot of people and talk about dating coaches that talk about um, behavior on dates, you know, but (laughs) here's my thing about it. They always talk about watching the behavior of the other person to see your effect Mm -hmm. on them. And I disagree when I'm on dates. The thing that I notice most, I'm less analytical about his response to me and his body language but my own meaning I'm actively listening to my body tell me how interested I am if that makes sense like is my body turned on yeah do I reach out to touch his arm do I touch my lips do I touch my hair am I flirting am I laughing most of the time I end up like enjoying myself so I find actually it's easier for me to use these checkpoints afterwards to figure out if I actually liked the person or if I just had a nice evening talking with a new human. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, completely. And I think it it comes back to this thing of allowing yourself to have that that big enough relationship with yourself to know if you're happy. Because what tends to happen is When we talk about people who've been in relationships and they've broken up, there's always a point at the very beginning of the relationship where they knew they should have ended it. And what tends to happen is that we ignore it. And the reason why we ignore it is that, and this all stems back to childhood as well, is when we start saying things as a kid going, I don't like so-and-so, they make me feel weird, or there's something not right about them. Our parents will step in and say, don't be so silly, they're lovely, now go and say hello. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And the way that this sort of manifests as an adult is that, oh, maybe they were just having a bad day. I'll go on the second day. We'll just see where it goes. <laughs> 100%. I hear that all the time.
0: I'm, and then this drives me bananas, of course, is that women are always criticized for being too critical or, you know, of course, that, that hyper buzzword, like too picky as if even though your instinct is saying it's not there for me or it wasn't right or something, they're like, no, you're you're the problem actually. <laughs> like, you're you're being too selective because this person is obviously a really nice person. Uh, I mean, like, I'm totally gonna come back at them and be like, my subconscious is saying no and you need to respect that.
1: <laughs> i you not being funny. It's not like you're going to a supermarket and going, oh, okay, that, that fruit's a little bit bruised. It's like, this is the person you are picking to spend the rest of your life with that's going to influence your emotions that's going to influence your finances your success your happiness all these different things yes be picky
0: yeah hell yeah (laughs)
1: hell
0: yeah and I've always said that you know like women are allowed to be freaking picky and like their their intuition and their opinion is something that should be extremely respected and never mm-hmm. judged or doubted. But I, I mean, I think what your expertise is just hones in on a more specific matter, which I find really fascinating, which is just like, it's gut intuition, it's it's subconscious information that other people are unable to see. So when you're being criticized for being too selective or too picky or whatever I really really vibrate with women's intuition women's gut intuition women's instincts and knowing yourself enough that you can check in and be like how's my body feel my body says this is a hell yes or my body says eh, I'm okay to move on you know
1: yeah and I think the thing is it's quite it's, it's quite interesting even thinking about uh, my transition I know sounds a bit weird and it's kind of slightly off topic but I'll bring it back but it's when I was going through um working as an accountant to, uh, you know, going into this business and becoming self employed, there was this level of conditioning where I didn't feel like I could feel into my body enough. And when I was working in corporate, it was very much like, okay, I need to ignore it, I need to be able to carry on working. Yes, okay, I've got a headache doesn't matter, I've got this deadline. And this is the thing, there's this level of conditioning when we become disconnected from who we are and I found that when I came into creating this business and and becoming um, self-employed there was this element of building this relationship and this connection back with myself and I think it's very similar with dating you know I think a lot of people nowadays and just in general as well are so disconnected from that piece and the thing that really fascinated me the most about this work was I was able to uh, almost learn how to trust my intuition from feeling that gut feeling to also saying, okay, there's logic here, I can see this. I've just noticed that they, um, you know, press their lips together after they said this, which could mean X, Y, Z. Um, I've just noticed that when they were talking about um, their ex-partner, they were starting to touch the back of their head, which can also mean this. I had this weird feeling, which kind of tells me that there's something wrong here, and I've also got the logic to be able to back that up. And for me, and I know for a lot of my clients, there's this element of being able to start to build that trust and build that relationship with yourself, which also helps with boundaries. It also helps with trust. And it also helps with this level of confidence because there's nothing worse than going, oh no, I don't go on a second date when we're not sure (laughs) if if we're letting go of an opportunity or not. Yeah,
0: yeah. Gosh, this is also fascinating. Um, One sort of like, tougher question before we move on to the thing I want to talk to you about for today's episode how well does science which is a logical methodology and dating which is an emotional experience with tons of factors one can't control mm. how do they how do they play together
1: yeah it, it's quite an interesting question actually I- <laughs> I would say quite well from what I've, um, uh, from the, the results that we've had. I've had people who've gone through, like just recently I caught up with a lady that I worked with a couple of years ago and she sort of came out of relationships, like one where she had to call the police um, 32 okay. times within a four <gasps> week period. Yes. Oh my God. So you can imagine like the psychological, emotional yeah. damage. Oh my and, God. And now she's in this place where she's getting married. What? Uh, she, yeah, she was. Her, when I met her, she was in her, in her forties. She had gone through these relationships. She had a child with, um, you know, high level uh, autism, and she was like, I'm never going to be able to meet the one. She was depressed, anxious in this awful state, and now she's getting married. She's got a met a guy who loves the daughter, and they're building this amazing. Um, you know, amazing family unit together. And I've been invited to the wedding as well next year, which is gorgeous. Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I've got this other lady who also went through narcissistic abuse and, um, you know, horrific narcissistic relationship that she was in. Um, we worked together within three weeks. She had healed, um, and, you know, so much of the narcissistic abuse. She also met the partner that she's with now, and they're they're starting to move in together. Um, and she's also come off antidepressants for the first time in 20 years.
0: That's astonishing. Yes.
1: So it's like when, sometimes it's like, when we have a look at the way these things interact, it's hard to explain, but the results kind of speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm so
0: happy to hear that. And I think that's a beautiful answer because, mm. you know, my cynicism was piqued um mainly when i was reading chase's bio i was like how does this dude with 20 years of military background have any understanding of like dating is like i said is something I feel, maybe you feel differently, that you just cannot control. Like you cannot troll who you're going to meet or how yes. they're going to come into your life or what time you're going to meet them. Because you can control, of course, your own behavior and you can control who you spend, your, who you choose to continue to pursue a relationship with. I guess my idea was like, oh, we're trying to impose order on something <laughs> that feels very scary and out of control. But thank you for reframing that for me because… I th- I think that's important to know. It's not just people being like, "Look, we can if we apply our ten step program, you too will yes. end up with a man of your dreams." You know, like you just do this for thirty days and you'll lose ten pounds. You know, like obviously, <laughs> uh, meeting the one is not guaranteed. I'm not even sure I believe in that phrase, the one. Um, personally, personal personal I'd personal. love to
1: dig into that. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Um, no, it's just because
0: I feel like you know, in the way that like you can lose a loved one not meaning a family member a person that you are in a long-term relationship with and then find another person that you can continue to have a life with I, I believe that there are multiple people that you can have a partnership with in your lifetime and that opens yes. up the door for uh, polyamory for example or for people who uh, want to experience relationships with multiple genders so yes. what I say is like by by focusing on the one which is a very patriarchal storyline and language it doesn't allow for other types of relationships if that
1: but the thing is it's about it's not about this one size fits all process it's like um because when we look at other um mythologies out there in the relationship and dating world it's this um you know this one size fits all outcome and i think the importance of being able to explore. You know when we talk about the identity piece and sort of understanding who you are and this healing element and understanding how you give and receive love. A big part of that is actually this level of deprogramming from the cookie cutter analogy of what we're meant to have or what we're meant to experience. Um, uh, And being able to get to this place where when we have that understanding of what we truly want being able to find a compatible partner who also wants that type of lifestyle too. So whether it's like, you know, polyamorous relationship, whether it's, um, you know, one of the clients I worked with um, was a lesbian, you know, there's there's all different flavours to different type of relationships.
0: That's beautiful, and thank you. I'm glad we actually addressed that, and thank you for saying that. Oops. So speaking of behavior in individuals in modern-day society, I wanted to talk to you and get your unique perspective um, on this article. So. On one of my many social media accounts I follow that posts about dating, someone had shared an article that was written in Medium titled, have we become too individualistic to partner up for life? Which I think is a nice transition to what we were just talking about.
1: Yes. It just came out a
0: few weeks ago. If you want to try to look it up, and I'll certainly I'll link it here. Um, but it caught my attention, I think, because I think this is something I wonder myself, and certainly something that we discuss on the podcast often, which is how much has modern society negatively affected our ability to date properly and connect. Certainly, we all have talked about our impulse for instant gratification for moving on too quickly or making smash judgments about people based on the way we swipe you know deciding yes or no in three seconds or less but what if this me decade is actually detrimental to us partnering period what do you uh, think about the article what struck you i by actually it i actually
1: think that it improves our way of being able to get the right partner And the reason I say that is when we're able to be true to ourselves we're able to have more clarity of what we want and what we don't want and we also have the self-acceptance of ourselves of what we want because that's a huge step for most people having that self-acceptance and from there you're able to be vulnerable and the thing with vulnerability especially with the right kind of person it creates true connection again. So I think it's this thing of people being able to belong to themselves and being able to become more of who they are without the social norms, without the restrictions, and from there they're able, they're able to find real freedom through themselves but also through the relationships that they end up in
0: that's such a wonderful rephrase of that article because it comes from a very negative point of view and that was my first instinct too you know what it is here i'm gonna read this quote and then um i'd love to get your response to it okay the average marriages of today are considered catastrophic failures we are no longer content with relationships that are just okay we want epic relationships where both partners are constantly striving to make one another better people however Not everyone can keep up with that level of self-development at all times, and whenever one partner falls short, the other is likely to feel neglected or become resentful. We don't want relationships that are just okay anymore. We want to thrive. We expect our partners to be tireless cheerleaders, great lovers, enthusiastic household managers, and part-time therapists, and we're frustrated when they can't keep up all of those roles at the same time. Besides, we're not super keen on making sacrifices in the name of love. We're unapologetic about prioritizing our careers, our lifestyle choices, and we expect a partner to seamlessly fit into our best laid plans, not disrupt them. And I think this (laughs) sentence hit me. I know, right? It's a lot. Because I am unapologetic about prioritizing myself, rightfully so. I think it's taken decades, centuries, for women to earn the privilege of prioritizing her own happiness and well-being, and that's something to be celebrated. But all these fabulous women, and this is the backstory of this podcast, are now looking around at this pool of unactualized dudes going, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm good and you know while i'll never in my life you know promote settling i just wonder if women being unwilling to make sacrifices does conflict with our desire to find a partner
1: yeah so the first thing is it's understanding what a healthy relationship is and this is where so many people go wrong this is where i've created this concept called the four c's communication consideration collaboration and compatibility that we have just sort of kind of glossed over a little bit but when we talk about things like communication for example you know most people want to be able to have this open communication but they're unable to have it if they're not in this place of being able to have this non-judgment and safe space to be able to talk Because what we tend to find is when we have this open honesty and this space to be able to talk, like for example, for a guy to turn around and say, I found that other woman really attractive, that would be shot down. That would be something that was highly negative and really bad, but that's open communication. Mm -hmm. So it's being able to have that space. But the one place where most people muck up is the collaboration part. Now... Collaboration in a relationship is so so freaking important, but there's a massive step to get to before people can hit this space, and that is as an individual, you need to be accountable for your emotions, accountable for your goals, accountable for your happiness, accountable for your actions, your words, everything. Because what we tend to do is uh, most people fall into codependent relationships where they're so focused or making sure that their partner makes them happy, or they feel needed, or they're so intertwined in that relationship where you almost end up with this parent-child dynamic. Mm. Whether um, that's a woman trying to make sure that a guy steps up and does sort of, does all these different things, or whether there's a woman who's kind of needy to a guy, or, or whatever that might be. And that's where you miss out on this sexual chemistry and that passion that feels absolutely freaking amazing. You can't have that if you're in that parent-child dynamic.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's it's more about when I have a look at relationships that fail, there's a few different things um, behind that. Often it's things like communication. You know, people just don't know how to really talk and connect with each other, and that ruins so many so many relationships. The other thing is that people don't know themselves enough to be able to say, okay, this person's right for me, or this person isn't. And also, we tend to find that people end up um, being in a place where we talk about that collaboration piece and being accountable for yourselves. Well, most people who feel unhappy within their life or feel unhappy within themselves project that onto their partner Mm -hmm. and it becomes the partner's fault. Mm -hmm. So when we have a look at relationships as a whole, I think the reason that over 50% of marriages fail is because either they've not gone into a relationship with a compatible partner, they've not been in a place to be able to communicate fully so they get their needs met, and also they don't um, either know themselves enough or they don't understand themselves enough in a way that they can make themselves happy and still build an amazing life alongside being in a relationship without allowing that to be their partner's responsibility.
0: Yeah, so what you're saying is like, it's It's not just that individualism and being a good partner are at odds with each other. It's actually the reverse that in order to be a good partner, you need to be individualistic in that you're so self-confident in your in your own right,
1: yeah, yeah, because what we tend to find is people are going into relationships purely to get, and it's like, right. look, you're not perfect. your partner's not perfect. <laughs> Yet you're expecting this perfect dynamic and for them to make you happy and for them to do this and do that. And the other thing is, you know, you think about emotions in general, our emotions go up and down. Like, you know, like they will be, you know, all over the place sometimes. And it's like, we don't give that allowance for a partner to go through that as well. And it's almost like we expect, we put so much emphasis on that the partner being perfect <laughs> yeah. Um uh, and when they don't meet those expectations, it's this big, massive, oh no, this is the wrong relationship, or this is wrong, rather than actually going, Okay, how can we make this better? How right. do we, you know, is is this something that you need to deal with or I need to deal with, or is it something that we need to work together on?
0: Yeah. And that's totally what I was vibrating with. Mm. Is this is an era of like egotism. And like I said, the me decade of Instagram, where we all believe we're so freaking fabulous that we <laughs> are pro- better than the losers that we're matching with. But if everyone is feeling that they're so amazing, no one wants to actually put in the effort for the other person. We all kind of expect the other person to come to us. That's what I'm experiencing on dating apps, for example. Like this, I don't have enough time to talk to you because I'm so busy or, you know, like expecting the other person to set up the date, et cetera. But I think, I think it's a really beautiful reframe to lean into not being unapologetic about prioritizing ourselves, but using prioritizing ourselves in order to show up for a better person.
1: Yeah. And just to add on what you were saying about, you know, you have these people like the influencers on Instagram and, and saying how amazing they are, is also discovering if that's the, the truth or if that's the facade. Totally true. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and this is the other thing with dating why style of body language so much because most people only get to the point where they've got two facades, you know, interacting. And with the body language, we're able to support people to connect with the real person, not the facade. And that's super important, especially when you're looking at a person, you want the truth of that person to know if they're the right person to develop that relationship with.
0: Oh, it's so juicy. <laughs> it is.
1: so juicy.
0: Um, final musings before we close out this episode. It's the end of the year, and that brings up a lot of emotional triggers for people, whether that's being around family interrogating you about your love life or seeing all these happy couples out ice skating together or, you know, feelings of failure that can pop up when we move on to a new year and something you desired has not been achieved or, or all of the above, <laughs> raise his hand, raise his hand. I hate those couples ice skating. Anyway, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on best practices around maintaining our mental health and sanity during this month of both the holidays, but transitioning into
1: 2022. Oh, okay. She loves, she rubs her hands. Are you ready for something? She cracks her knuckles, (laughs) I love. Give it to me. So, okay, this all falls down to acceptance. And it was quite funny, I was having a conversation with one of my clients um, a couple of days ago, and she was saying to me, But, Lily, I am not patient. And I was like, okay, but do you know what patience is? And it's being present with yourself enough to be able to accept yourself of where you are. Not judging Mm -hmm. it as a bad thing, not judging it as a good thing, but that acceptance of where you are. Usually, if we are triggered in some sort of way, it's because we've all all of a sudden become um, present to a thought, and we're unhappy with what it's showing us and the only place that you're able to build upon is when you're in this place of being able to accept with where you are now and also where you're clear on where you want to go so if you feel um, this level of this um, dissatisfaction it's usually down to a couple of things as well it's either The overwhelm of not knowing how to get what you want, so you need that clarity and you need that confidence to know that you can move forward. Or there's a level of self-worth where you're unable to feel like you're good enough to be able to receive that. So it's being clear on what you need in order to move forward. Because if I said to you, okay, well, you haven't done X, Y, Z yet, or you haven't achieved this yet, but you were so confident and clear that you're able to achieve that, it wouldn't be an issue. It's true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That resonates with me so much, especially because I would label myself as an impatient person. Like I'm the person at the drugstore that is like, oh my God, there's three people ahead of me. (laughs) How irritating. I think a lot of my deeper impatience comes from the fact that I have a judgment around the fact that I am 41 years old and I quote unquote should be in a different place in my career than where, where I am or where mm-hmm. I thought I'd be and that sometimes, sometimes I'm able to tap into a really beautiful place of feeling like everything in the moment is, is wonderful and everything's working out and it's going to be okay. You know, it's yeah. fleeting. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm at, I'm at a place now where I can recognize it, where I can w- feel when it's happening And I can also feel when the reverse is happening, when I'm starting to judge myself on things.
1: Yeah. It's really important to have a look at the stories that we're telling ourselves. And this is something that I had to really learn because I I loved going into victim mode. And that was my default, like in previous um, relationships and things, it was terrible. But what what we tend to do is we have a situation. We overlay the story that allows us to play out our identity. So if we say, okay, what's the story? What's the story that I'm telling myself about this situation? And who am I in the story? And that can be so powerful to suddenly have that conscious shift of who we wanna be and the story that we're playing.
0: For sure, yeah. In my uh, actor universe, we call it like a limiting belief. Yeah. I'm never going to get this job because I'm too old. I'm never going to get this job because I'm a brunette and everyone else in the world is a brunette. Like whatever you've told yourself to validate why you haven't gotten the thing that you want becomes the reason that you're not getting it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm sure that's that's totally true with with dating too. But, you know, I'm so curious, especially as I'm like – looking down the barrel of another year of dating apps <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God, how do I change the script, you know? So I'm curious like w- about exploring a new mindset shift. I'm wondering if you can recommend any resources in terms of books to read or, um, podcasts or whatever you have to learn more about NLP practices, applying them, you know, in, in itself or applying them to dating in general.
1: Yeah, so what I would actually say is a great starting point is so we've got the meet the one guide on our website. And that goes through things like the compatibility matrix, the things that you should be looking at in order to know if you're dating the right person or meeting the right person. And then we've also got the meet the one training as well. So where we're able to um, identify whether it's limiting beliefs, whether there's things that you need to heal uh, and all those different things to being able to go from dating to a committed relationship and how to build back that um, healthy relationship too. So they're two trainers that I recommend.
0: Awesome. And if I want to just like read a book on plane over the holidays, is there something you recommend off the top of your
1: head? Um, <laughs> um, there's, I'm yet to read something where I totally believe in it. And that's. Oh, okay. uh, so- a horrible thing to say I know it's not it means that true. you have to write
0: the book that's what that means
1: <laughs> that's what I'm doing so um uh, are you yeah, really yes yeah, so oh that, my god that'll okay be, <laughs> that'll be released next year yeah oh, because rag, okay. everything I've read I'm like oh gosh no if you do that it's gonna cause this there's there, there's nothing that I heartedly believe in yet so um, lots to come. <laughs> I'm so excited
0: to read your book. I hope you will you know, let us know when that's available and I will absolutely share that with our listeners. This Thank has been you. so insightful to me and I hope it's been insightful to those of you who are listening. If you wanna work with Lily, um, you can go to lovewithintelligence.com and there's just a contact button on the website, yeah?
1: That's right, perfect. Are you currently accepting new clients? I am indeed. Yes. We've got um, uh, two awesome programs opening at the moment. So one is um, based on being able to obviously meet the one. And, uh, you can do that within six months or less guaranteed. Can you just rename it meet the one? I know, two? I know.
0: <laughs> Wait, meet did you one hear the rest of two? the sentence? Meet the one, meet the
1: one or two. <laughs> love it. I'd be into that. Um but do you work one-on-one with people too? I do. Yes, so we have the Elite Love program and that's where we we work one-to-one together for 6 months so you go from being single to being able to go into a loving relationship and we even support you to create that loving relationship with your partner as well.
0: Super cool. I'm going to obviously tag Lily if you want to reach out to her directly, DM her, or if you want to just follow on on the IG. If you're love with intelligence curious, if you're NLP curious, Um, I'm sure like most of you, including myself, like this is a a whole new world of information. So as we know with our subconsciousness, it takes us some time to fully process new information. So, you know, if we want to dip our toes in or maybe just jump right in the water of starting a new year in in a a new way i hope you guys find uh, a connection with lily and 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 lily i i I hope you have a wonderful new year and cannot wait for this book to come out so you can help the rest of us get through (laughs) the misery of app dating i will do do my best that'd be great I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, but thank you so um, much. I freaking love this. I really, really have, and you—the uh, questions you asked were freaking amazing. So thank. Oh, you. Oh, thank
0: you. I'm just—it's been so cool to to let me pick your brain and let me be honest in my ignorance and in my doubts and cynicism. So thank you for letting me just talk openly with you. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get weird. Uh, no, I really appreciate you. Just, you know, I show up as I am and uh, I'm sure of all people you appreciate that. So Yes you've you. got
1: gorgeous personality. So yeah, never dull it. Never yes, dull Lily, it. Thank you. <laughs>
0: this has been a lovely way to start my Saturday a little coffee morning chat with Lily talking about the individual and the relationships. So thank you again for connecting with me. I wish we lived in the same country, but I, I'm sure our paths will connect whether virtually or in person. At some point in our lives, I truly believe that. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As I mentioned, fingers crossed. I really, really hope I can bring you a one-on-one episode for December and we can close out this year with some relatability and some other badass femalery, if you will. But whatever happens for you in December with your holidays, with people, without people, as you transition into a brand new year where we start our culture over, I hope you find some space to have grace for yourself and for others. And I cannot wait to bring you brand new awesome episodes for 2022 that's it for this episode we will catch you next time